Welcome to Between the Sound, a place to share all things music, art, conversation, inspirations, aspirations, friendships, and where we get into it. So let's get into it. Today's guest is extra special to me as we've known each other near two decades, I know. Having met at music (laughs) college and then going on to work together on various music projects, she is what I consider a solid sister and firm family member. With a creative eye to anything she puts her mind to, both as a singer and songwriter, music visionary, artist with a unique and fierce flair for fashion. Please welcome my sister, Sister Zarev. Hi, what an intro. I feel like, you know, I've paid you for, for the good uh, good list of accolades there. I, I feel like you're biased though, but thank you. Thank you for having me. I am biased, but you deserve it, but you can pay <laughs> me as well. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you. So let's paint us a picture, please, a backdrop of how you came to be. Where are you from and what's your background? Okay, so um, I am from London, from Northwest London. Um, And yeah, my background, I guess, um, you mean like my heritage? Your heritage, yeah. Um, So I am Iranian Jewish with a bit of Scottish thrown in so mm-hmm. bit of a mix I don't know mm-hmm. if that affects me um musically but there you go well it certainly would um affect your growing up um so how how did the 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 two influence you growing up did you have both um the Scottish and the Iranian influence equal yeah I'd say so I mean um I guess London is just that melting pot kind of place anyway so Mm. um I was so used to all my friends being from so many different backgrounds that I feel like you don't think about it as much and it was more clear like when I'd go elsewhere that I'd be like different you know Mm. um but no like we would go to visit my family up in Scotland most summers um and then my mom would always um kind of bring us up with the Iranian side as well and you know um we'd go and visit Iranian family most of whom are not in the UK but we'd go and visit them so I I feel like yeah I feel like I've had both you know all the Iranian food was pretty much like every meal and Mm. my mom would be listening to you know Persian music and she she sings Persian stuff um so Ah. yeah so she was always singing so you know yeah I definitely feel like I've had um had a bit of both in there for sure okay I can definitely attest to your mum's uh Iranian cooking oh yeah amazing tasted her cooking (laughs) (laughs) I'm willing to taste much more when we can all meet again (laughs) (laughs) so then if she sung um back then and influenced you with the sounds from your Persian heritage did that influence musically at all to you I mean I feel like it must have done subconsciously I mean just having um singing in the house like weirdly we didn't have much like music in the house as in pop music um Mm -hmm. my mom would listen to her like old school pop music like ABBA and stuff (laughs) um but I guess the fact that she was always singing, she was always playing um, kind of Persian music and Persian like tapes back then, actually, she had. Mm. Um, So I guess it must have influenced me somehow just, you know, with the singing and 
um, just having music there. Mm. Even though when people talk about like, oh yeah, I grew up, my first ever concert was, you know, Stevie Wonder at the O2 when I was five. I'm like, well, you know, I just watched musicals on TV, so. <laughs> so it's still worth it. The- theatrical. Oh, yeah. Well. I mean, me? Theatrical? What? <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it must have seeped in somewhere, you know, with the melodies and, mm. you know, all, all that kind of thing. Mm. So then who would you consider your first influence in music, really? Um, kind of discovering my own music that I liked came a little bit later just because you know I didn't it's it's not like um I was talking to to someone about this the other day and they were saying um that you know they had their dad's record collection and so they were just literally schooled on you know incredible music from such a young age so that's that's kind of not what I had I guess it was like whatever I would see on like tv or like I say like musicals whatever um Mm. And I reckon that seeps in there, of course. You know, my love of, like, big melodies. and all that I'm sure it's in there. But um, mm-hmm. I remember there was this shop in Harrow called Jamming with Edward, which was, like, <laughs> this really cool, like, secondhand um, record and CD shop. And this guy, he was, he was so cool. I actually wrote a song about him recently because I loved him so much. Um, <laughs> he was such a musical snob. It was hilarious. Like, everything in his shop was you know, rock and, you know, a lot of classic rock and all this. He had this big, massive, like, dog that would sit at the door kind of intimidating you. But that's where I found a lot of, like, music. Like, I I remember buying, like, a Jimi Hendrix CD in there and, like, didn't really know much about him, but, you know, just kind of discovering that and, like, buying, you know, some, like, Nirvana and, Mm. like, Pixies and stuff. You know, like, I kind of, like, would rummage through there because... There wasn't much in Harrow, not gonna lie, but um, but that was like this funny little independent shop at the top of the hill, and it was just cool. I I remember, yeah, he was he was so snobby that one time I went in and I wanted to buy like Stevie Wonder. I thought, you know, I've heard a couple of songs. I thought his voice was amazing. Thing, I was like, hey, what what Stevie Wonder song? I mean, what Stevie Wonder album do you think I should get? And I just remember him looking at me with a raised eyebrow, you know, in his in his combat trousers and his. <laughs> you know, Grateful Dead t-shirt being like, uh, well, <laughs> they're all the same, aren't they? Like, <laughs> oh, <gosh>. but yeah, <sighs> oh, that's so I, I guess, yeah, lots, lots of stuff um, in there just rifling through, like, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and also all the pop greats, of course, like Michael Jackson, Madonna, Prince, all, all that beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful music. Man, record stores, whatever happened to them? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I would consider you, given the, the time we've known each other, um, an artist because really, I mean, yeah. you apply yourself to so many art forms as well as an artist musically. You literally can put your hand to anything. I remember Aww. doing a gig and you were literally sewing <laughs> basically a sheet <laughs> together in this amazing green dress result I'm like what the heck I she's a magician <laughs> so I was like respect from that day onwards but I mean <laughs> I think you know you basically go from mediums from music to fashion to makeup curating videos drawing painting I mean okay what what we can't you do but what <laughs> what is the happiest or rather the 
the the best place for you um that feels your most expressive like is there a particular mm. medium you would choose or is it a mix mash of all of them i would say it's a bit of both like i i really believe that if you if you are a creator then you're a creator it doesn't matter what medium it's in you may have like learnt one more than the next but I feel like if you want to make stuff you want to make stuff and you'll you'll make it whatever is presented to you you know mm. um I would say I'm I definitely like feel the most myself when I'm in a music studio or I'm writing with someone or I'm writing on my own or I'm noodling on the guitar like that's that's my happy place and I you know I've been writing lyrics for as long as I can remember even before I kind of knew that that was songwriting you know when I was mm, a kid so mm. I guess that's that's um the medium that comes most naturally to me but mm. you know yeah I love fashion I love drawing you know I think I think I what I love about being in music is that it, you can kind of bring all those in, you know, especially as an independent musician or like, you know, me and you have done so many gigs where, you know, we're our mm. own makeup artists, you're creating your own outfit, yep. you know, you're, <laughs> you're designing your own flyer, like whatever it is. I, I feel yeah. like, you, you know, even, even if you're, you know, a huge mu musical artist, then you're still going to be having input in your videos and your album art. Like, I just feel like yeah. it, it's the kind of thing where you really can bring it all definitely, together. definitely. And I think we're we're pretty lucky as well to be living in an era where we can flex all those muscles, mm -hmm. um, expressing ourselves. You know, whether it's independently or with you know a team of people to to say you know this is what I like, this is what I don't like. In terms of the medium of songwriting mm. then let's let's talk about that because you're actually um back writing and recording yes now. exciting so excited <laughs> so how would you describe your current sound i i don't actually like that question but i felt like i had to i thought you were gonna say because... i don't actually like your sound but <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest no. <laughs> I mean, is there is there something that you could describe it in in even a few words? How would you describe it to someone that doesn't know? It's definitely different. Um, I mean, it's always hard to describe your own stuff, but um, I would say it's kind of alternative or alt rock or indie indie rock, whatever whatever you kind of want to call it. A mix of my main influences, I guess, like the kind of like more rocky and alternative and folky artists that I. I love the more experimental I, I don't know like people like Police Led Zeppelin yeah 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 it's like mm. that's some kind of mishmash of that I I mean I hope I, I can only hope but <laughs> mm, but yeah mm. it's, it, my old stuff was a lot more like I guess you'd call it kind of soul pop yeah it's interesting because yeah when when you kind of get signed or at least back in the day when when you kind of needed a label to do anything I feel like they would sign you on your demos and then they'd be like yeah we love it and then as soon as you're signed they're like great let's change it all <laughs> like, <laughs> and you know I think I think you probably heard some of my super early demos that I made myself and I I'd mm. say yes I wrote those songs but they were probably a lot more raw than they ended up really being yeah so yeah you know once you get the production on it and whatever you know the kind of like more experimental or rocky or electronic or you know that whole side of it was kind of um 
I guess, removed for want of a better word. Yeah, polished. <laughs> polished, thank you. That's a much more diplomatic way of putting it. Um, so, yeah, th- this time around, I- I've just been enjoying kind of experimenting more. And, you know, I guess people that know me have just said, oh, this sounds really you. Whether you're into it or not, I think you can tell when someone's being authentic and when it's mm. kind of real and people just you know, some magical, like, subconscious thing that people just resonate with. And, you know, I, I do feel like I'm being more kind of me on this. So yeah, hopefully people can hear that, hear that too. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I have heard your early stuff. And, and you're right. People can feel when something is authentic. It's not um, even, you can't even put it in words. Right. You know, it's, it's just something that either moves people or it doesn't. Exactly. Whatever genre it is or whatever people like or dislike but they will definitely know that it's it's you and I feel like I'm so excited because it's yeah definitely um the you that has always been there it's just yeah. the current the current form of it now going on to um something you've well recently released I saw a pretty powerful video for your oh, new single nothing but a memory yes. I first of all loved it and speaking of authenticity it moved me immensely so I firstly say kudos for doing the video putting the video out there but for those that haven't seen it yet tell us the story behind that so um yeah spoiler alert so in the (laughs) in the video I shaved my head on camera um and it was uh directed by um a good friend of mine who I know you also know jo- Joanna Coates, um, mm-hmm. who's an amazing director. She's she's won awards. She's been BAFTA nominated. She was lovely enough to um, agree to do it. And um, basically the, the reason it came about is because, um, so as you know, so I've had breast cancer twice. And um, the first time I had it, I was told, oh, yeah, you're probably going to lose your hair when you have chemo. But you kind of think, oh, maybe I won't, you know, or may- maybe I'll just mm. keep, lose like some of it or, you know, because actually it affects everyone differently. So you don't know. So I had this idea that I wanted to, I've always loved um, that film Empire Records, like super, super mm. 90s record store movie there. Um, <laughs> and I always loved that scene where um, I think the character's Deborah, she goes in and she shaves her head in the bathroom. And then she just comes out and she just acts like nothing's happened. And, you know, she doesn't plan it, she doesn't tell anyone, no, literally no one comments on it. Um, I just thought it was so cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should do that. Like, you know, I'm going to have to shave my head, maybe I'll do it. And I chickened out and I didn't do it. And um, when I got cancer the second time, I I mean, I knew what to expect this time. I knew I was going to lose my hair. So I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to make it. Let's, you know, let's make this video and um hopefully make something you know creative out of something shit you know turn it into mm. something something expressive or creative you know just make something you know life gives you lemons make make music make yeah. music videos <laughs> yeah make my ties <laughs> exactly yeah i decided that we would um kind of try and pay homage to this little scene and um joe was just like the perfect person to do it with and you know we had loads of fun um obviously pouring over beautiful Liv Tyler photos but also just <laughs> just planning it and um and 
yeah I I had already written this song nothing but memory I'd written a few of the songs for the EP by that point um and was kind of getting ready to start you know putting them out and then it all had to go on hold um but I thought this song particularly it's kind of about it's about new beginnings it's about throwing away you know kind of past memories and you know when you have like certain relationships and they're like everything they're like the whole thing at that point and then you look mm. back and you're like I, I don't even remember that time anymore you know it's mm. like things just fade and and yeah. you know so it's kind of about that but it's also kind of on a positive note of you know the new beginnings as well so I thought okay lyrically this is like perfect for it so yeah mm. we just kind of um got it together really in a matter of a few like days because I was you know told that I was gonna have to have chemo really soon we found um actually I can't remember if you were there but um were you at Jess Greenfield's party? Yes. Is that where you filmed That's it? That's where we filmed it. And <laughs> I know. Awesome. And yeah, basically I'd been like traipsing around London for a few days trying to find like a bathroom, like a nice venue. It was so, it was so bonkers. <laughs> and kind of like telling like people, you know, re- in reception, be like, hi, I'm, I'm doing this video. And I was wondering if I could have a look at your bathroom. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> And in the end, I was going to... Of all the bathrooms that we've changed I know, well. right? I was, like, trying to rack my brains, like, you know, how many gigs have I done where you get changed in bathrooms? There must be a good one, like, in a hotel somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I didn't actually have one. And then we went to Jess's party. Um, and Jess Greenfield, another amazing musical artist. And I just went in to the bathroom. I was like, oh this is perfect like it was kind of vintagey and it had this cool wallpaper and the video was in two days I was like okay this is perfect so we spoke to the barman and he was like yeah cool like you know we did it on a Saturday morning so the pub was empty so it was like yeah come along like they were super chilled and um got a couple of friends to come and help on the day and you know it was hilarious they were kind of you know running around holding lights and grabbing coffees and mm. it was great it was like a really small team and we did it and obviously it's one of those things where you've literally only got one take it's not like yeah <laughs> go back and do it again um but yeah it was cool I'm really glad I did it and in a way it just meant I could get back to music quicker as well because then when I was kind of fully better I mean it's so hard to kind of start again and get back in that mindset but I kind of already had this product that I liked I was like okay cool this can be like the first thing I put out so you know not only did it mean that I could kind of have something that felt a little bit positive out of it it Mm. also just meant I could like really throw myself back into putting music out without kind of thinking like god like where do I even start you know wow I have to ask how did it feel shaving your hair off you know what I am really glad we did it like that because I think it would have been a lot more emotional if I didn't I mean you you know me and like any performer Mm. like when you're on stage you're on stage you you know you could be I don't know having a wardrobe malfunction you could fall over or whatever and you're on stage you're performing you're in that zone and it it doesn't matter Mm. you know bomb could go off and you'd probably still keep performing and it's you know it's not a stage it's you know filming but it's the same kind of thing like you're on camera so in a way that meant I was like focused on that I was focused on performing 
um, me and Joe were very collaborative and, you know, we were kind of looking at the shots and on the day came up, you know, there was a storyboard that she'd created, but on the day there was also like, oh, maybe we could use this area that, you know, there was lots of kind of deciding how to do things. And that just really kept my mind occupied and just having like great friends there to help. Like it was a really fun day. There was, you know, we were laughing, we were, mm. you know, eating croissants, we were, you know, hilarious. I remember my friend Matt at one point had to like crawl along the floor in order to like open and close the door so that he would be like off camera. It was just like, it was just hilarious. So it did, I didn't even have time for it to sink in. And that was great. And also the, the first time around when I lost my hair, I, I really was kind of, I guess, clinging onto it for dear life. And so I didn't do like a clean kind of shaving of the head and until a lot of my hair had fallen out and obviously shaved head is badass people look amazing with it so you know yes. this time being kind of doing it in advance almost meant that I could enjoy for a couple of weeks just having like a cool shaved head like that was fun for me you know yeah and I think as well like I mean you doing it beforehand almost um prepped you to step into stage two of your treatment on a different level different playing yeah. field that you were like I'm going in there confident I've done what I need to do let's get on with it rather than the other way which is naturally the the, the first way it would have been anyway yeah, you know exactly um but the second way is just so amazing and liberating to to have captured it on camera for other people to see it as well because that's going to affect people you know aside from the song yeah. itself um, the visuals so I'm so glad that you you collaborated and made it happen and 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 you at the end of the day um, had it as therapy on that day because you didn't even think about True. You know, anything else apart from the task at hand True. like yeah exactly I was worried I was like am I gonna like cry on camera or whatever and I thought you know who cares <laughs> you know uh, Sinead O'Connor did it it's fine <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, you do look bad oh, as a ball you. game, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm happy to say, and I'm sure you are as well, and everyone that knows you, that you are cancer-free, yes. which is amazing. Um, and we should also note that today is actually World Cancer Day, which is incredible that we're doing this interview. Yeah, we didn't plan um, it. So it's beautiful, yeah. So... I mean, as I said earlier, I think it, it was an epic move and brave video um, and I recommend everyone click onto it um, to watch and obviously enjoy the, the song as well, but really get into the visuals, um, particularly on you know, a day like today. And well, you already know, I'm proud of you. I consider you what I, as I say, call a sister, sister. I say it twice because you're a little Aww. bit special than once. Uh, <laughs> But also, you know, what I call a hero, like a feminine oh, hero you. who inspires me daily and I love you very much. So I'm just putting oh, that in well, there. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, right back at you. Thank you. From that, that particular mm -hmm. song, um, Nothing But A Memory is actually off a new yes. EP, right? So, so the EP called? is called Square One. Um, I wonder why, like all this talk of new beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, it feels like it's taken a while to put out because, like I said, I did write them before um, I got ill. But I'm just... You know, things happen when when they're supposed to happen, and I'm just you know really happy yep. that it's that it's out and people can hear it and people can kind of hear the new sound. And you know, honestly, I, I don't even mind if it's not people's thing. Like you know, if everyone kind of like vaguely mm. liked it, I'd probably be doing something 
wrong like you know <laughs> like you, you want mm-hmm. yeah it, some people are gonna hate it and that's you know I'm, I'm totally fine with that because yeah I I love the songs um they were produced by John Calvert who is an amazing producer and he um played a lot of the instruments on it as well and yeah it was just a lot of fun to write and yeah I um I hope people go and yeah check it out kind of feels like you know, when you have a sort of musical campaign, especially if you're independent, like there's so much to create for it that um, Mm. in a way I was like, oh, is that going to, once it's out, is that going to feel like, you know, the end, right? I've done it now, like tick. And actually it's the opposite. Like now it feels Mm. like, oh great, now I can start like new stuff and, you know, build on it. Mm. What should I do next? And so it's, yeah, it's really, it's really nice to have it out. And as well, like you say, the fact that the main uh, focus is on you having done it and you feeling great about the content and, you know, mm. the finished product um, means already that the, the, the focus is on the right place because it's not about everyone else, that you've done the job of putting the product out there and how people receive it is their job. That's so a nice way of putting that already, yeah, that already feels so liberating um, as an independent artist, which is going on to what we're going to talk about now, independent versus mm. signed. If we go back a little, you were signed yes. to Sony um, several years ago as a pop artist. How was that experience for you? It was in many ways amazing and in many ways frustrating. It was amazing in that I got to try out so many new experiences and you know you were in the band like you you were right there with me like we mm. got to do some amazing stuff and you know um, mm. I met loads of amazing people I got to work with some you know really like world-class producers and I was very lucky and you know we did some amazing touring we you know we toured with Beyonce of course which was such a fun experience mm. it was basically just our group of friends going on tour I mean literally what more could you want <laughs> it was awesome it was awesome you know, we did um the gig with John Legend that was a really nice highlight as well and you know all these mm. things I'm like immensely grateful for um but then you know on the other hand it's like when you're I mean, not necessarily for everyone, but for me, and I know for a lot of people um, who've had the same experience, when you're on a major label like that, there is a lot of kind of them leading the way on how they want you to be, you know. So there's a lot of compromise. There's a lot of waiting around. There's a lot of, you know, having to do things someone else's way. And, you know, being independent is a lot more difficult in a lot of ways because you have to do everything yourself you don't have that machine behind you to kind of take care of everything but you know that's fine because what you gain from it is the creative freedom to do what you want and ultimately and I mean unless you're someone that wants to get into it you know to be famous or just to be an entertainer or whatever which is totally fine I think that's cool you know you know unless that's that's the path you want to take if you want to write songs and you want to write what you want to write then it, it doesn't work when you have to kind of compromise in, in that way and it can be very frustrating. So, you know, I, mm. I, I just remember, I mean, case in point, I remember when I kind of gave um, my early, you know, some of the early demos that I've been working on 
to Sony and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, they're, they're too, I remember at the time they called them too electro. You know, like they're too, they're too indie, they're too electro. And, um, you know, they wanted me to do this more. They, they wanted like an Amy Winehouse or a Lily Allen, you know, they wanted me to kind of do that because that was like big mm. in the charts. But obviously the thing about charts is that they are so fickle and they move along. And um, it took so long to finish the album and finally get it out. And, you know, it was all with producers they chose and the sound that they kind of chose. And um, I remember at the end when I got dropped, they were like, yeah, it's it's not really electro enough. <laughs> and it was so funny because obviously the sound in like, you know, the charts, which is all they care about, is it, it had moved to a kind of like more like electronic, like dance music. Oh I thought this is this is actually hilarious. Like I wish I could have recorded that and like, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it's it was a compromise, but like I say, I'm I'm really grateful for the experiences I had. Um, but yeah. you know, I'm I'm happy to be able to kind of creatively do things as I as I want now. Mm. And how, just to give perspective, how long did the album actually take to put out? Oh, that's a really good them. question. Um, I can't remember exactly, but I remember that the thing that frustrated me was that we kind of recorded everything, got it done, like you know, reasonably quickly. I think over a few months or whatever. And then once it was finished, I remember we had to send it to the head of the label to listen to. You know, I won't mention any names, but uh, a certain head of label who used to be in a band called Bros, figure the rest out yourself. He also managed a huge artist in the States. And I remember we finished the, um, the album and it was, you know, it had to be signed off by him. In the meantime, I got offered the Beyonce tour and I was like, okay, amazing. Well, we need to put some music out then so that if if people, you know, it's basic business, right? If people see you and they like you, then they want to buy your stuff. Otherwise, they'll forget about you, you know, if the album's going to be out in months mm. and months and months. So they kept saying, oh, he's in the States. He can't listen to it. He's in the States because he was working with this other artist. I was like, what? They don't have, like, CD shares <laughs> in the States? Like... They they don't have like we transfer in the states like what what is is he like I don't know is he, where is he like what the hell and meanwhile I'd be seeing like all this activity from the artists he managed and all this stuff he was promoting I was like he can't even spend like forty five minutes to listen to this album so that we can potentially like put mm. it out and maximize you know playing to thousands of people every night and so it just baffled me so 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 that's what I mean about the waiting around you know and at the end of the day that doesn't make sense for anyone you know this is not just the artist being like hey notice me like this is just doesn't doesn't make sense come on (laughs) Mm. so did your album come out after after the tours they put out a single but it was quite a while after the tour Mm. so it's like well you know if if you are a fan yeah. and you listen to a support act, I mean, let's be honest, nobody goes for the support act. But if you do like it, then then you want to look it up then and there and you want to, you know, download yeah. the music or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. So out of out of all of that experience, um, it might be hard to pick one. But have you got a favorite moment? It's got to be the Beyonce tour. I mean, that was just so fun. Yeah. I mean, that was like... <laughs> 
remember how many dates, but it was over like several weeks and, you know, we just had such a great time. And, you know, every day we were kind of, yeah. you know, eating dinner with Beyonce's band and they were all lovely and we were all, you know, getting to know them. And, and then we'd get mm. on the tour bus and, you know, we just had a great time, you know, and we had a lot of laughs and, you know, it was, it was, yeah, it was really good fun. It was really good memories. But I also love the fact that um, that you chose to have your friends in the band um, because that that was a really um, kind of pivotal um, uh, mm. mindset for me, you know, that you are part of a, a bigger machine, as you say, at that time um, and not free to, mm. to make all the decisions, let's say. But you did um, champion that and want to be around people that you love and you 100%. trust um, and to experience the, the, the journey together. And I'll never forget that because I just thought, wow, despite being um, mm. you know, having your wings clipped a bit to, to do everything you want to do, you made that an important thing to do. I was lucky enough to be able to do it. It's funny because the, the musical direction mm. they were so prescriptive about but the live side, like they honestly didn't didn't really care about as much, mm. which for me was was a stroke <laughs> of luck because it meant you know, um, it, I mean not completely like you know that there, there were a few like lineup changes and stuff to the band, so I, I didn't have like full um, freedom. But you know, in the end, we had like an amazing bunch of people and we had a really good time. And you know, I think the fact yeah. that we were friends. And, you know, we were having a good time, I think did come across on stage. So when, you know, the A&R people and everything saw it, they were like, yeah, okay, cool. We'll stick with this. We like it. There's something cool about it, which is, which is great because that was yeah. a very organic thing. And, you know, most of us had already been playing together for years. And so it was, it was lovely. Mm. And um, so how does being an independent artist now compare to those well, days? It's a funny thing to ask because obviously we're in COVID times and there's no there's no gig. So I, I'm not mm. sure that I can answer the same way that I would if I was an independent artist when there were gigs and festivals and whatever going on. I mean, but I guess one mm. one good thing about COVID is, you know, I know so many people have obviously, you know, obviously it's terrible. We've all had gigs cancelled, but it does mean we have more time on our hands and people are able to have the time to kind of be creative so but mm. yeah in terms of being independent um you know like I said before there's a lot more you have to do yourself you know you have to be your own everything you know marketing PR like album mm. art, graphic design you know you have to be in charge of whatever team you create and you know obviously mm. you don't have the big budget and everything but I'm really enjoying it honestly like I I've I've enjoyed being in charge of, you know, what is the album art going to be? What is the photo shoot? What is, you know, I've been working with a really mm -hmm. great PR company who like, you know, kind of really got the music and, and they've been, they've been really cool. Um, actually I had my first, um, I didn't tell you my first printed article out today, which is uh, very exciting for me. Yeah. And come play magazine. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's just beginning you know That's this is fantastic. just the beginning and and obviously it's not just about being independent but yeah. since I released music last the whole music industry has changed you know record labels yeah. particularly yeah. major labels they are a different 
beast than they used to be you know it's been the rise of independent artists and you know there's some amazing like indie labels out there as well and you know I think I think artists have so much more freedom Mm. um you don't you know you could literally be on Spotify within you know a few days if you want to be now you can just put your own stuff out and that's great and I love that the power is in the hands of the artists but you know it also means that Mm. there are more artists than ever before you know the market is so saturated and it's it's harder to get heard and you know Mm. I think well I'm assuming like I say I'm, I'm new to this but I'm assuming that you have to probably plug away a bit longer and harder than you ever did before but you know I, I'd like to think that 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 all adds up and people will eventually find you if if you're the kind of music they like and so we'll see watch this space <laughs> yeah yeah can't wait I mean you know we already touched on that you're so creative anyway and as long as I've known you you've always had a really clear vision on on how um, you see things, you know, and how you can create and what it can become. Um, and also always, um, it's always fluid. It's never sort of, you know, static. You're always willing to to do things and try oh, things and nice. change things up. Yeah, I think so. Even if it's like seconds before the stage and sewing your dress. <laughs> you know, like you're definitely game. And I, I think it needs that kind of, um, um, well, it, it helps to have that kind of, um, Mm. Uh, sort of bold attitude to just go for it because we are living in sort of unprecedented times and and nobody knows really what the landscape is at the moment but like you say it's definitely um, changed the scales for people to be um, applying themselves Mm. more into their art creating more having Mm. more time making their decisions so I have no doubt like whatsoever so I'm definitely watching this space (laughs) but in terms of the the music um industry it is what it is and there's obviously the the pros and cons for Mm -hmm. for current COVID times um but how what would be your ideal how do you see it um working best for you would it be completely independent artist or maybe having um a bit of a team that would do some Mm -hmm. of the work distribute and the rest of it I'm all about collaboration I'm I'm not someone that likes to be alone work alone you know know, I I get my energy off people and Mm. you know I was a bit, I guess, burnt by the music industry and by people I worked with. But, you know, as a result, I've learned from that and I would now choose my team differently. I think there are amazing people out there who are passionate about the right aspects of music and art in general. And I I think also I'd like to think things are beginning to change with respect to being a female in a very male dominated industry mm. you know I was 100% mm. you know the silly female commodity or you know that's how I was treated and don't get me wrong people were very nice very friendly but like I, I, I could just see that I was I was being treated as some mm. kind of you know object and you know and, and I did have some kind of bad mm. uh, experiences with certain team members but you know I would I would just approach that differently now and you know probably be choosier but yeah I'd I'd love to have a bigger team and um you know if it happens it's for the Mm. right reasons then awesome and in the meantime I'm just going to keep keep writing songs yeah do what you do girl so speaking and watching this space where can people find you everywhere (laughs) Um, 
obviously all the <laughs> usuals instagram facebook twitter i'm zarif the music everywhere and the website zarif the music.com and spotify i'm on there as zarif mm-hmm. um youtube i'm on there as zarif so yeah um the latest single is nothing but a memory and that is uh the video as well so that's what you'll find on youtube cool i'm gonna be looking that <laughs> up today's your day girl a podcast interview magazine article a single a video and an ep out now wow well i can't believe we've come to the last question of the day but it is to do with of course the title of this podcast between the sound what does that conjure up for you congratulations That's on the new podcast um you are a talker and have always ha- always yeah. have been so what better what better medium than you know <laughs> being able to like chat to people i mean i think it's awesome behind the scenes of the music industry is a very rich and interesting and wonderful place as we know and i think um you know for me between the sound mm. that's what it conjures up you know you know i i, I don't know i've often thought you know like extras as in the the show <laughs> I've yeah. always thought there needs to the be show. one yeah. with like session musicians or like behind the scenes at gigs or you know like with with all the sort of funny antics of like sound engineers and stage it's like the whole the whole thing is just you know quite a mad world isn't it you know I I remember speaking to I can't remember who it was now but it was it was a session player that um you know was doing some massive stadium gigs with who was it I can't remember anyway but I remember him saying that he literally played um the O2 arena stadium whatever you call it the O2 arena on the Saturday night and then on the Sunday he was like playing to 12 people (laughs) at like his local pub over Sunday (laughs) lunch and you know that's the life of a musician and and that there's so many like great stories and glamorous stories and then there's so many like hilarious you know really like ridiculous stories as well and so yeah that's what it conjures to me like everything around the music the art you know what does it conjure to you well between the sound for me is um is kind of the thoughts you know within yourself so there's so much sound and so much noise and so much going on especially these days with like Mm. technology and everyone being switched on and actually switched off with each other personally (laughs) um that it's kind of like what's going on really between all that sound is is more on a personal level for me because um we're constantly like connected in some form you know and um there's very, I think, little time for a lot of people that perhaps don't practice sort of just mm-hmm. appreciating the silence or not having to do something at every minute of the day um, where they wouldn't mm. spend any time between the sound. That's what I, why I see it, you know. I think it's pretty important to kind of allow yourself to check in every now and again and go, okay, how am I really feeling about, you know, everything I love um, that because I've heard you know obviously a lot of people hear it as between the sound as just silence you know whether it's silence in music which was another huge lesson for me because mm. when I was gigging regularly those days, back in those many days, years ago <laughs> when um, gigs were still still happening yeah. <laughs> back in the day yeah a year ago um yeah the the sound of silence mm. within music and within songs um 
you know, I, I never appreciated until I kind of thought, oh, hang on a sec, I don't need to be singing throughout this entire song. Like there's other musical instruments and there's other elements that create this song. So oh, okay. it was originally that that came to mind with Between the Sound. Yeah, but I love how mm. it's interpreted differently to everyone, you know, and, um, and I love your version. Can't wait to post it and for people to switch on to Thank all you. the things that are happening for you at the moment. Thank you and so we much. we will definitely be watching this space. Bye.